0: Chapter Fourteen of Some Battle Stories by Alec John Dawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen: A Cool Canadian. Their rollicking high spirits is certainly the thing that impresses one first and most about our wounded officers and men as they arrive, but there are other impressions one notes a striking prevalence of true modesty and upon investigation one often finds a deal of shrewd direct thoughtfulness the second in command of a battalion which has been doing some hard and bloody fighting on the immediate flank of our allies down Guimont way was among the cot cases one talked with he had been rather badly knocked about by a german bomb at close quarters but he allowed me to light a cigarette for him and obviously enjoyed smoking it while we chatted efficiency organization thoroughness jolly good things in their place you know he said the germans have them splendidly developed and in the past perhaps we've been a bit lacking in this direction But my own impression is that the folk who talk about the Huns having gone mad, being the mad dogs of Europe, they're not really exaggerating so much as you might suppose. I believe a tremendous number of Boches are, to all intents and purposes, mad. Tell you why: their worship of efficiency and thoroughness, machine organization, has carried them so far that they have entirely lost all sense of humor now when a man really loses all vestige of the sense of humour i tell you he's too nearly mad to be good company it really is so complete absence of the sense of humour is in effect madness or leads to it anyhow and that's what the matter is with the boche to-day when the hun was practically having things his own way a year ago you know the news he gave the world was quite intelligible and a good deal of it was to be relied on he lies like the devil now in all his news well that's all right one can easily see why but if you read his lies carefully i've been reading em all the way between amiens and here you'll find they're the lies of a madman they are quite mad lies He says our offensive has been smashed, that we have given it up, having accomplished nothing at all, that we have failed to injure him in the least, have gained nothing, and are so appalled by the terrible casualties he has inflicted on us, that we have finally given up in despair. Well, really, you know. Well, I ask you, do we look like it? Perhaps you'll say you can't judge well you ask any man you like who comes from the front i don't care how hard he's hit he can't help knowing the preposterous absurdity of that sort of guff everybody on our side knows we hold the initiative and dictate every move on the west front every move must be costly because it's all over ground fortified and prepared for a couple of years an unending chain of fortresses really but we keep going forward we never go back and every hour day and night we are inflicting more casualties than we suffer thank goodness at our worst we never showed much sign of losing our sense of humour i've been studying the boche in the field for over a year and i'm convinced he's lost his entirely and that this is a worse loss than anything in ground or munitions indeed i think it's fatal his monstrous war machine is still immensely strong and will go on working and destroying for a long time yet but his individual fighters they are either drug and machine driven maniacs foaming and fighting as mad dogs fight or in other places they are broken and despairing wretches who in the absence of blows and pricks from their herdsmen beg for mercy and capture they've no sane medium left our chaps are all sane medium cheery game-fighters with an active sense of humour which would redeem the worst sort of shambles to the last gasp our chaps remain human so do the french the allies will win if only because of that they remain human men and good fellows no matter how much horror the mad dogs put up mad dogs is not too strong believe me i've seen em spitting and biting i know by god i do a canadian captain with his left arm slung and a german officer's helmet in his haversack said oh i'm a fraud oughtn't to be here at all there's nothing the matter with me but a bullet through my arm and anyhow logically i suppose i ought to be dead or a prisoner with the huns we took a trench northwest of you know and our chaps hurried on to the second line without orders no doubt they thought they'd cleared the front line i tried hard to get out after them but it was an awkward place with a high shaling bit of parados and you'd hardly believe how important your left arm is till you try a job like that without it my elbow was broken you see my orderly was with me he'd got pipped through the shoulder outside the trench while i squatted there i heard a scuffling underground just round the other side of the traverse i was leaning on Took a look round the other side and found a boche officer, the first I'd seen, just appearing at the mouth of a dugout feeling his way out. I could see the spikes of helmets behind him. So there it was. My revolver was empty. My orderly had lost his rifle away outside the trench. Awkward, wasn't it? Well, of course, I pointed my revolver at the boche officer. One does that instinctively, I suppose and to my surprise he said in english don't shoot i said i'd shoot the lot of em if one of em moved you sit perfectly still sit right down where you are mr bosch and i'll take you to england but if you move you'll get six service bullets and my men will come along and bury you in your dugout they sat down like lambs i managed to whisper to my orderly round the edge of the traverse to get forward somehow and bring some men and first of all to find me a rifle and bayonet or a bomb or a toothpick or some blessed thing better than an empty revolver now do be careful mr bosch i said to the officer i'm a conscientious objector when i'm at home and i hate killing like the devil i don't know for the life of me what made me tell him that but i shall be bound to give you six bullets if you budge one inch and they're clumsy brutes these service bullets they make a devil of a hole at close quarters worse than two or three rifle bullets we're not moving said the boche he seemed a bit sulky i thought so we sat and waited my orderly had gone and nothing seemed to happen i felt for my pipe with my left hand but it was no go that arm was out of business got anything to smoke i said to the Boche, and as he moved i saw the risk and told him pretty sharply to put down the rifle he carried over this way please gently now along the ground careful i told him and so i got a first-rate weapon seems incredible i shouldn't have thought of that before doesn't it that's why i say i ought logically to be dead well after that we got on famously He found a cigar and gave it me, but I had to pretend I didn't like cigars, because with only one hand in working order I didn't dare to risk lighting it. But that Bosch officer remained curiously sulky, I thought. I tried him on half a dozen subjects, and I know he could speak English as well as I could, but I couldn't get much out of him, except that he didn't like our artillery at all, and that he supposed we must be near the end of our ammunition oh and he said that now the Zepps had complete command of the air all over england life must be pretty beastly for us there i told him i thought they had managed to kill a few dogs and cats a horse or two and so on but that the only thing that worried our folk was that so few people had been able to see a Zepp, and they were all very curious to have a look at one he didn't seem to like that after a long time my orderly got back with three men and a corporal and then i ordered the boches to march out without their weapons there were twenty-two of them altogether i thought my empty revolver was rather a good joke so i told the boche officer about it then but he only scowled and growled and after that he was sulkier than ever so we had no more talk end of chapter fourteen